Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Outnumbered. I can't believe we've honestly made it this far sometimes. I know. It's exciting. We've consistently been coming at you guys every week, every Tuesday at nine, like we said, Eastern time. So. Yeah, that, thanks for adding that detail. Because I feel I like to make sure, you know, we were all on the same page here. <laughs> it's important. It's important. Um, especially today, because we are talking about, you know, something I feel that is very important to talk about. It's not the, it's probably one of the hardest parts of trying to get a job. Mm-hmm. Interview. <laughs> yeah, this is where you seal the deal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that resume, your cover letter, that application, it got you to the door. But your interview is going to get you through it. Mm. Mm. Help you turn the knob. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I was trying to figure out something catchy to say with that because you said through the door and I was like, ah, I don't know. But yeah. Um, I mean, and it may take you, you know, a couple of rounds too. It's not usually a one and done type of thing. Fortunately, we can't all be Zion, but. (laughs) That always stresses me out when you have multiple rounds, but it's always interesting because you meet more and more people. So in my head, I'm like, am I, am I almost at the finish line? Or, you know, when you get to that last interview and then you get cut and you're like, ah, I was so close, so close. And every company is different because I've been in interviews where like I've been offered the job at the end of the interview and it was only one interview. And then I've been in others where it's like you have three different rounds Mm -hmm. and you have to wait like two and a half weeks in between each. And you're just sitting there like, did I get it? Am I moving on? What is like, I don't know how people do reality, like bachelorettes. I have a respect for them because the stress of just like the uncertainty week in and week out, I would, I couldn't do it. That's true. I will say one interview I haven't done is the one where you have all the interviews in one day where like you have one hour with these people and then um, you have like another hour with someone else. Like you have the rotational program. I've done a mini one where I had a phone call Zoom with someone and then within that call, I met like maybe five or 10 minutes with different people that I might be working with. But other than that, I haven't had one of those all day interviews. Have you? I would say, so I've had like a day where I had three different interviews throughout the day. I don't think it would normally proceed that way. It felt like very much an abbreviated process just because I think they needed someone to start. Mm. So they kind of sped up the process because it was just kind of, it kind of went, you know, I first had a, like a phone conversation with the recruiter and they're like, are you available? You know, in like a couple hours to talk to like the contact with our company and the other company. I was like, yeah, sure. So then I had, you know, a Zoom call with her and then she's like, well, I think you, you know, could definitely like be a consider like a candidate for this position. Do you want to meet the hiring managers? I was like, okay. So then a couple hours later, I met the hiring managers. <laughs> and then, you know, like a couple hours after that, they were like, yeah, you got the job. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Um, I need to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> like that's no interviewing is exhausting because you're selling yourself. You're doing nothing but and then you're like excited, you're giving a lot of energy, you want to be likable, you want to give all the great details. That is exhausting. Yeah. And you don't even like the biggest thing for me is you never really know the other people, you know, that you're competing against. Mm-hmm. That's hard for me when I'm putting my answers together. I'm like, oh, how does this like weigh against, you know, the other people? Because I could feel really good about my interview, but maybe someone else like blew it out of the water and uh you you just don't know and you're just sitting there waiting 
That is true. Well, enough about our interview stories. Now we're going to get into the episode. So we have a few hopefully helpful tips for you guys that you can apply into your own process. And the first one is know the audience. So make sure you spend a few hours learning everything you can about the company from as many sources as you can. And this means looking at the company website, looking at their social media, talking to friends. If you have friends that work for that company, that's always nice. Or even within your network, read current news articles. And then also, yes spend time on Google. But I want to really emphasize the read current news articles because that is one thing that my mom really reinforced with me whenever I was doing my um, interviews is just because it shows that you're staying current and you know what's happening within the company. And then you can also pull information from those news articles to ask your questions at the end because maybe they had a big merger happen or an acquisition or maybe they landed a big client. So you can always pull that into your questions and say, hey, I read an article. I saw this happen. I love your take or I love to know what it was like to onboard that person or just, you know, make it as if you are already on the company and you just really want to learn more and dive deeper. Yeah. And I think um, that that's a really good point. Cause I've actually in my interviews have used that, that method. I remember when I was applying for ESPN events, I looked up kind of news that was happening mm-hmm. and they had, had their first esports championship, like I think the week or so before. So I brought that up in my, like when I had my questions and I was like, Oh, like, I'm really interested. I, you know, esports is kind of a big up and coming area in the sports industry. Like how did that go? Like what challenges did you experience? Do you see like you continuing to grow that area of the industry? And they seem like, they seemed actually surprised. They're like, Oh, um, that's cool that you like saw that. And Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, that does, it's an easy way to stand apart from, you know, the other people who may be interviewing for that position as well. Mm -hmm. And then one thing too, make sure you research the people that you will be interviewing with. That's another thing I was actually in, I don't want to call it a webinar, but I was like in a class or panel where they were talking about proactive tips that you can do. And they said that one thing that's really important that people take for granted is the conversation leading up to the interview. So, you know, when you get to the office and you meet with the front desk person or like you're actually walking into the room where your interview will be held. That conversation apparently is pretty crucial. So making sure you know who you're interviewing with, maybe what school they attended and say, oh, hey, I see. um, Well, let me give a personal example. I haven't used this one. This is one that I'm coming up with on the spot, but I attended Virginia Tech. So let's say I'm interviewing with someone who attended UVA. Obviously, that's a big rivalry. So that's something that I can bring up and say, oh, hey, I see, you know, you attended UVA. I attended Virginia Tech probably throwing a joke because they would get it like technically we're not supposed to like each other or you know something like that or um how's your football season going we'll see you next year and kind of making it a little more personal and bringing in those talking points I feel like that will really help you build a deeper connection with the person outside of what you're building within the interview so it shows hey not only can we talk business with this person but we can also talk about personal things and they actually care about what I have going on in my life as well. Yeah, and I think um, you, an easy way to kind of find out that information, I mean, you can always reach out to the HR person, because um, I know a lot of interviews, your first interview in the process will be with the HR recruiter mm-hmm. or HR representative to see if they can share that information, like who's going to be in the interview with you, because I know sometimes I'll just be like, oh, it's a hiring manager, you'd be like, could you give me a name? 
Um, you can always just look at the staff directory on their website to kind of look them up. Cause I mean, like we said, I think it's always good to kind of understand the people who you might be working with, understand mm -hmm. that culture and a great place to do that. Um, if you do get a name would be at LinkedIn kind of to learn that the background, I think that's an easy way. You can either do the incognito route that I sometimes do. Cause I don't know if I want to alert them yet that, you know, I'm checking up on them. I don't at all. I I never go incognito. I just let them know I saw their page. It, right. it really doesn't even matter who it is. I, I want you to know I went there. I want you to know I saw. <laughs> all right. See, different approaches. <laughs> um, and then if, like we talked earlier, if you maybe can like talk to friends or your network, maybe if you don't have those connections or great websites such as Glassdoor, Vault, comparably where employees leave reviews about the company and they'll kind of mm -hmm. talk about details of what the interviewing process was like what you know working there was like what the culture was like um i know they've even rated the ceo before mm -hmm. um, so i think that's a great website or any of those websites to check out um if you don't maybe have the inside connection or someone who's worked there before to get an idea of what that company um kind of really is behind what you see on the, you know, just the website and social media and all that. Mm -hmm. And honestly, doing your research, it really helps you figure out if that company is a good fit for you as well. Because remember in the interview process, and honestly, having this thought has made interviews go a lot smoother for me. And I want to say a lot more successful is remembering that they're interviewing you, but you're also interviewing them. Like they're asking you questions, but you also need to make sure that your questions are very valid and actually clear up whether that'll be a good fit for you. Because once you join that company, hopefully you're going to be there for months, years later down the road. And you're not just taking that job um, for the time period, unless it is COVID, because then that's kind of understandable. But hopefully, you're, you know, you're trying to build your career and you want to stay there. So you want to make sure it's a good place. And so when you are doing your research, let's say you do come up with something that's negative or um, something in the news was kind of negative about that company, I feel like that's the perfect time for you to bring it up in the interview. Um, let's say you go in the glass door and they say that the culture wasn't really that great, but they don't go into a lot of details. So that could be something that you bring up You where you say, hey, I looked you guys up on Glassdoor and some of the reviews said that the um, culture was a little hectic. So I really wanted to know, could you clear that up? Why would someone feel that way? What is your culture? Go into a little more detail. So that way you have a better idea of what you're walking into and you you, again, <laughs> I don't know what else to call it, but I can, exp uh, what is it, emphasize this enough that you really want to make sure that it is a great fit for you as well. Not just that you can do the job for them, but it is a two-way street. So make sure you are looking at the negatives and you're bringing those up in your interview as well. Yeah, exactly. And then um, kind of moving on to our, our next point in kind of preparing for an interview. So now, you know, you've done your research, you know the company, you kind of know the ins and outs of maybe the people you might be working with. I think the next step is really anticipating the questions you might receive in the interview. I mean, even if, you know, you knock it out of the park every time, like you've interviewed a bunch and you feel really confident, I think it's always essential to spend time thinking carefully about what skills, accomplishments, and interview answers, um, and any interview answers that will resonate um, with with uh, the people in your interview the most. Cause I mean, even if you've interviewed a lot, I mean, every job is different. So your answers are gonna be different each time. I mean, you may have those questions that are similar, but I think this is when 
it comes into bringing in the job description and looking through that and maybe how your experience applies to that. Um, so we can go over like a couple um, possible questions you might receive and kind yay, of tips yay. and tricks um, that will help you maybe kind of have a, I don't want to say better answer, but a, you know, a more stronger answer, stronger answer. I like that. Um, if you've been struggling to kind of find the right angle to go into. So I think the first one, and there's very few interviews, I think maybe I could count on my hand where I haven't gotten this question. And it's my least favorite because it's the most generic, but they're just like, mm -hmm. so tell me about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, cool, cool, cool. So um, what do you want to know? You want a personal side? You yeah, I always side? struggled with that question. I would literally tell them everyone, everything. I'd be like, yeah, well, I, you know, I was born and raised in Savannah, Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, I went to Virginia Tech where I studied marketing. I found my love for marketing. Like you would get my whole back. I mean, you told me to tell me about myself. I'm going to tell you. And I think as I've progressed in my career, I realized that I probably gave too much detail or I didn't hit on the specific things that they were looking for because that is your elevator pitch. Like interviewers always ask it and they want you to make sure that you nail that and you want to hit all the points that they actually care about. So yeah, it might be good to throw in those little things. I still say that I was born and raised in Savannah, Georgia, just so that way they get a little insight to me, but you know, skipping to the point faster. So yes, I tell them that I'm born and raised in Savannah, but they don't need to know why I fell in love with marketing or they don't need to know my whole thought process into why I chose to go into sports marketing specifically. Because if you've heard um, our previous podcast or even in the future, because I'm pretty sure it comes up, it's kind of a long thought process of how I came into the sports industry. So they don't need to know every detail, especially if it doesn't relate. So make sure it is precise and you get to the point, but you're also able to show a little bit of your personality as well. Yeah. I mean, I think I always try and approach this question as if you do your resume, you know, cause you, most of the time you're going into it thinking you, what's the, I think it's like six to 10 seconds on average, someone looks at it. Yep. So you have to look at that job description and say, okay, what is the most relevant things that I, what are the most relevant things I need to include in this resume to get me the job. So I always approach it like that. It's like, okay, so if I had maybe 30 seconds to a minute to tell them, you know, about myself and kind of hit on key things where it's like, oh, I worked in customer service or I have project coordination experience. So, you know, I did game coordination for Virginia Tech, things that maybe relate to the job that I'll be like, oh, that's what, you know, they can just check off the box. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's always a good approach to that question. Mm -hmm. And it's always good to have it conversational because if you are hitting all those points, I feel like a good interview is when you don't even realize you're in an interview. They don't realize that you're, they're in an interview and you guys are both just talking. And so when that conversation can happen naturally and you're going through um, your tell me about yourself message <laughs> and then they say, oh, well, you mentioned this. Tell me a little bit more about that. Now you guys are having a conversation rather than them just sticking to their script where they're like, tell me about yourself. Tell me your greatest weakness. Tell me your greatest strength. And then they feel a little bit more robotic. But when you are able to touch on the points that are actually relevant to them, they can say, oh, can you elaborate on that more? Or even when um, we said do your research and before, if you find a common point or a commonality between you and the interviewer, you can bring that up in your elevator pitch as well, as long as it's relevant. But making sure that you find those common points and those common talking points so that way they can say, oh, talk a little bit more about that. Like that seems really interesting or where you I always try to like throw in a joke if I can, you know, get a little, 
giggle. That's my goal. Every yeah. interview, I'm like, I just need one chuckle. Yeah, you know, make them laugh a little bit. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes I'm not funny and they humble me real quick. But other than that, I always try to make sure that they laugh. <laughs> also, I will say it's common now. I have to like remind myself, or maybe I just like try and, you know, tell myself this anyway to make myself feel better about it. But especially when you have a phone interview, when you can't see the person and, you know, oh, you yeah. say something where you're like, oh, this is a joke. And then it's silent. You're like, they're on mute. They're on mute. That's what I'm telling myself. They're on mute. Yeah. They laughed at it. They enjoyed it. Um, it's but funny because they normally laugh because I, I always laugh at my own jokes. So I always hope that that prompts them to laugh. And if they don't, then I'm just like, <laughs> all right, well, anyway. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, anything you can do, I think to kind of, I mean, make it a unique experience because they're going through other interviews, they're asking the same questions or essentially the same questions to these same people. What can you do to, I don't know, almost take the load off of them? It's like, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I get tired of sitting in essentially the same meeting over and over again. So anyone who could like make it enjoyable or, you know, make 30 minutes pass by quickly, I'd be like, you all right, dude. You're all right. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> all right. And then so going on to the next question, you normally get this one a lot is why are you interested in this particular role or company? <laughs> I'll, I'll take that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> first, Only because I normally struggle with this one. So that's <laughs> why I was just like, mm, Kelly. <laughs> I would just like to say first and most importantly, if you can't answer this question, you shouldn't be in the interview. That's true. Um, And I think, well, I'm someone who's always motivated by a purpose. So I would say this question has never been a huge issue for me, but also like, think about your answer. I'm not saying you should lie, but like with COVID going around, like you should never say, if someone asks, why did you apply to this position? Oh, well, you know, Lost my job trying to get back into sports. Yep. <laughs> this was the that. next best thing, you know? <laughs> what, like, what is it? Like, look at the job description. What is it that, you know, oh, this, you know, this job has aspects of project coordination. That's something I'm really passionate about. You know, it plays to my strengths of being an organized individual and detail oriented. So I thought I could be really successful here. Maybe there's something about the organization that attracted you. So I was you know, doing research. And the one thing that really impressed me is, you know, this company is really uh, not afraid of change. And they seem to be in a big, you know, growth. Um, I'm going to struggle on this one, but they seem to be growing as an organization. And as someone who's starting my career and looking to grow as a professional, I thought this would be a good fit for us to grow together. So I think just look at aspects like that. I mean, it's really just asking like, what attracted you to the position? Why'd you apply? And mm-hmm. I mean, always try and finesse it. Don't give some answer like, eh, you know, I was free on a Saturday, look cool. I saw something about it. I get to meet Maria Taylor. So I, you know, I'd want to apply. Um, oh gosh don't say that (laughs) don't say that I feel like it could also be a little tricky because that is a great reason don't get me wrong but I think sometimes people struggle with that answer because when you are first starting out you're kind of applying to everything is you have that mentality and you hear this a lot in sports where just get your foot in the door do everything and I've struggled with that because um I've applied to jobs that I've actually really, really loved and companies that I've really, really loved. But then you also have that other side where just get your foot in the door. Because for example, I've also applied to sales roles and I've done a sales role 
And I told myself I will never do a sales role again. But there's, of course, certain exceptions because not all sales is bad. I really enjoy the corporate sales side and going into corporate partnerships, which is actually what I want to do. And there is an element to sales to that. But when I say the sales, I mean the inside sales where you're calling and selling tickets every day. That side of it, I don't really think is a good fit for me. But a lot of times people say that that's how you get your start in the industry. That's how you get your start in the business. And I don't know how true that is because I've seen a mix where a lot of people did start there and they are flourishing within the sports industry. But I've also seen people that have not started there and they too are flourishing within the sports industry. So I think it just goes back to what Kelly said, where if you are put in a position where you're just applying because you're trying to get your foot in the door, find that one thing where you can say why you're interested and have it be genuine. So if you know you're interested in maybe the company as a whole, or you're interested in what you can learn from that aspect, focus on the positives. So for example, if I'm going into a sales interview and I know maybe I don't wanna stay in sales for the long run, if someone says, why are you interested in this particular role? I would say, although I'm not really interested in pursuing sales in the long run, um, <laughs> it's funny because I wouldn't intend on saying that, but knowing me and being in the moment, it'll come out. And so I have to keep going, but I'll say, Normally, I'm not really um, interested in pursuing sales in the long run, but one thing I do really admire from sales roles is they allow me to grow. They allow me to really hone in on my um, relationship skills and really building relationships. And then it also allows you to tap into the the revenue generating side of the business. And I feel like that is a very important role because at the end of the day, all of these companies want to make money. And so if you can understand how they do that, you can really apply that to any um, department or any field that you go into, because if you're not selling tickets and if you're not making money, then everything else stops. So at the, honestly, that is the base of all businesses. So once you can kind of master that, you can master anything. And so I think really figuring it out, whether you're part interested in that particular role or just certain elements, being able to articulate that and knowing why you're applying for that company and knowing um, your end goal will help as well. Yeah. And I, I say I can't take credit for this next tidbit. Um, I kind of it, my grad school kind of introduced it to me, but I totally like agreed with it even before I didn't realize I thought of it. <laughs> but um, like on the sales side of things, I think it's such a great it's a not a great way to get into the business. I mean, if you enjoy it, that's great. Mm -hmm. But no matter what job you have, whether it's in sports, not in sports, there is some sales aspect to it, whether it's selling your ideas to, you know, your team to say, hey, you know what, this is the best course of method to, you know, host this event. This is what we need to do. Mm -hmm. Being able to persuade other people is a valuable skill, no matter what job you have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if that's something that maybe you lack and you are going into a sales job, maybe that's what you talk about. So, you know, sales isn't really where you want to go in the end, but you talk about, I understand like sales is such an important part of the business. Like Hollis was saying, like, once mm -hmm. you understand this, you kind of understand the industry, you know, the rev revenue generating part, but also, I mean, kind of like I was saying, like, no matter what job I want to go into after this, this experience is going to help me in every facet of my career. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I mean, just like going back to what we talked about, I think just be genuine. I, I know we've said this before, but people can spot when you're lying. And especially in the sports industry, I feel like people can really spot it. Mm -hmm. because it is, 
an industry where you do meet, um, I'm not gonna lie, some some fake people or, and that's just part of it. And they recognize it, they can spot it and you may think you're getting away with it and they won't call you out on it, but you're not getting away with it. <laughs> so just be yourself. I mean, it saves everybody time in the end. I agree. Don't tell them what you think they want to hear because nine times out of 10, it's probably wrong. <laughs> so don't, don't lead with that. So going on to the next question, this one gets a little tricky, um, is what is your salary expectation? And so with this one, the main thing to remember is the base number is, let me rephrase that, base your number on your research, not what your previous salary was. So Google the position, Google the company and see what they've continuously paid for that position or what they um, consistently have as a manager's salary or a coordinator's salary and kind of base it around there. Another thing my mom always says is go high because you can always go low. Well, you can always like counter balance with them and go back and forth. But if you start low, then you can't turn around and go high if they actually have a cap higher. So it's always better to start high and then actually have your base or your minimum be lower than what you actually tell them, seeing what you can get. And that's honestly the base in negotiating, which is what? Sales. (laughs) There you go. You're getting it from a professional right here, free of charge. Um, But like we mentioned earlier, I think some great sites to go to for that research to kind of get the idea of what that base number should be. Glassdoor, um, Payscale, Salary.com. I think even LinkedIn has that information as well. It does. It does. I love that feature. (laughs) Most companies don't put it up there, which sucks, but a lot of them do, which is helpful. Yeah. And then um, I think just equally as important of, you know, knowing your base number and kind of knowing what you're looking for. Also knowing your walk away number, I guess, as they refer to. So, you know, it's that number where if they go any lower than this, I'm walking away. Like I can't live on that amount of money or because of that, you would have to get another job or whatever, whatever the circumstance may be, like mm-hmm. know that number as well. So you don't then get yourself in a situation where you're like, oh shoot, like I, this wasn't what I thought. Oh, nope, I got to back out. Like nobody mm-hmm. wants that. Remember taxes are a thing. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) It takes out a lot. I was shook. Like when my first paycheck, I was like, what happened? No. Yeah. It's so sad. Cause you do all that work. Cause you know, like when somebody tells you how much you're getting paid and you're like, Oh man, I'm making that much money. And then you do get the paycheck and you're like, Oh yeah. Taxes. Yeah. It gets me every time. And you would think by now I know it's coming. But whenever I calculate, because whenever someone tells me a number, I'm just like, okay, this is what you're going to get monthly. This is what you're going to get biweekly. This is your budget. You know what you're like, you know, your plan, you're an adult now, figure it out. You know how to um, manage your money. And then I get it and it never equals what I (laughs) factored in for myself. So that's really frustrating. But yeah, don't be like me. Factor in taxes and know exactly what you're going to walk away with. Yeah. Um, And if you're ever uncertain about like negotiation. Um, there's free courses out there. I think, I believe Coursera has um, free negotiation courses. I'm sure, you know, in the vast 
universe that is Google. You can find either articles to read with um, tips. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can find articles about, you know, negotiating salaries as well. So I think just the more research you do, if you are uncertain about a certain part of the interviewing process or any of the questions, just go out there and look like the information is out there, I promise you. Mm -hmm, That's true. And then the last possible question that we have as an example for you guys is what's your biggest weakness? So Kelly, I'd love to know your take on this because the way that I approach this, my approach has changed over the years because when I first started out, someone was like, pick a strength and rephrase it. So that way it's a weakness. And then um, when I, I think I read like an article and it had like common weaknesses, people say, and it was like, all my stuff was there. And then I also read another article where they were like, don't do that. That doesn't make any sense. So now my approach is I always pick a weakness that doesn't really relate to the job per se, um, or something that they don't need to use. So for example, let's say I'm interviewing for a digital marketing position. Um, an example would be, I'm trying to think. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't have said, I shouldn't have set myself oh, this up. Is just so perfect. Yeah, I shouldn't have set myself up. I've actually had that happen where <laughs> someone asked me for a weakness and I did not have an answer. And mm-hmm. it's not because I'm perfect, but it's because again, do as I say, don't do as I do, but I did not prepare <laughs> for that answer. And I did not prepare <laughs> We're making the mistakes so you guys don't have to. Yes, that is why we say that. Like I, and they asked me, and it's funny because it was actually like, I think a position with ESPN and they asked me and I took a minute to pause because if you haven't noticed, I am a processor. So when people ask me questions, I need a minute to think and process my response. And normally it probably takes a lot longer than the average person because my mind is literally thinking of all possible thoughts are all possible answers. And so there might be a long pause, but I promise you, I'm going to get to it. And so when they asked me and they said, what's your weakness? I guess I was taking too long. And they were like, oh, you're just perfect, huh? And I was like, no, no, (laughs) I promise you I'm not. I just can't think of anything right now, but I promise you, I do have a weakness. So similar to a few minutes ago when I said, here's an example, and I literally could not think of anything. So make sure you are prepared with weaknesses and you have them on hand because you're probably going to get that question. And even if you don't, you still have an answer for whenever you do get that question because you're going to get it eventually. Somebody going to ask you that. So yeah, that's my little, that's my little spiel. All right. You want my, uh, you want my answer now? Yes. <laughs> So yes, give a genuine weakness. Don't excuse my French. Don't give some bullshit <laughs> answer. <laughs> um, like I'm a perfectionist or. <laughs> that was um, me out of college. <laughs> where I'm like, I just want everything to be perfect. So I really just take too much time to look into the detail and make sure I'm giving you the best quality. And I was just like, oh, girl. I assure you, if you're on a phone interview, like if you can't see the interviewers, you're getting an eye roll, like hands down. Um, Yeah, like detail oriented, any of those things, like kind of Hollis was saying, any of those strengths that you kind of try and turn where it's, oh, it's such a struggle to be awesome like I am. (laughs) (laughs) I would stay away from that. So use a genuine weakness, but when you give your answer, make sure you showcase that you're working on it. And that you're trying to turn it into a strength. Like I always give. Oh, 
I know the example that I give, but I'll go after you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Look forward to it, guys. Um, But I was trying to give, um, I always kind of do the little spiel. Maybe it's cliche, but I always think our strengths, our greatest strengths are born from our weaknesses. So like an example for me is I tend to be someone who has a short attention span, which I can get distracted easily, which could maybe cause me to be a little forgetful. So, but because of that, I'm extremely organized. I write everything down. I make lists. Like I have calendars on my computer, on my lap or my computer, my laptop, on my phone. Like I have a notebook for every, like my class, I have a notebook for work. I'm very organized um, and I have to be. So I think try and show in some way where it's like, yes, this is my weakness, but I recognize it because they want to see that you're self-aware that we're human. Nobody's perfect. I promise you, they're not going to penalize you for having a weakness and, but that you are working on it. Cause I mean, that's something, you know, Hollis has always told me where I've been like, I've been told, you know, and I think, I don't want to say this is a female thing, but like, I tend to be someone who can get emotional and I don't really have an issue showing that. And so I was talking about it with Hollis one day and she's like, okay, well then what are you doing to work on it? Like, what are you doing to help manage your emotions? And so like, at the time I'm, you know, I've been reading, I read books about it and I try and like practice certain methods to get better. But I think as long as you're showing that you recognize it and that you're doing something to counteract it or to grow it or to maybe turn it into a strength. I think that's what they're really looking for. Mm-hmm. No, that was a great answer. Like I, as you were speaking, I was just like, wow, I see why she gets hired. Like that, that was a great answer. <laughs> but normally um, my answer, especially with being a digital marketer and a lot of people going more into like the paid social and that kind of management. One thing that I've really struggled with is the Google Analytics. Sometimes it relates to the job, sometimes it doesn't, but that is my weakness and something that I'm trying to combat because I feel like it's important to every aspect of the business and it's something that everyone's trying to incorporate into their daily operations. And so one thing that I've done is work on the Google Analytics certificate through the Google Academy. And so normally that's my weakness that I bring up. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, that's you showing that you have a weakness, but you're working towards fixing it. Yeah. Or like, at least working See, on it. yeah, I was like, I know I say something, but I literally could not think of what I say. So yeah, hopefully you, you liked our vulnerability and our answers <laughs> because we did not prepare that. But moving on to the next topic of how you can better prepare for your interview is you can easily find a list of common interview questions and Yeah, don't prepare by writing out your entire answer. Instead, jot down a few notes or bullet points so that way you keep them on hand for the interview itself and you're able to kind of elaborate. I think that's better than overly preparing because if you write down your whole answer, you're gonna try to regurgitate that and you're gonna mess up because you're either not gonna say it correctly or it's just gonna throw you off your rhythm. Rhythm, wow, rhythm. But it's gonna throw you off your rhythm. So if you have a... um. If you like highlight all the key things that you want to mention, you're going to be able to speak more fluently and it's going to feel a lot more natural. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, like I said, there's a bunch of like lists of just common interview questions if you just need the practice. And then another thing of not just writing the answers down, practice them out loud. Um, So don't just think about, you know, how you're going to answer the questions um, or at least like what you're going to say 
but you know, how you're going to say them. Um, so yeah, look in the mirror and answer them out loud, or you can utilize mock interviews as well. Maybe you have a friend who, you know, is always there for you, um, and can spare, you know, 30 minutes out of their time to sit and kind of listen, ask you some questions, listen to your answers, maybe try and find someone who's in a similar field so they can even give you questions that maybe you didn't find on the internet or, you know, have that advice. Cause I remember when I was applying, when I still wanted to go, well, I mean, it could be open, but when I was looking at collegiate athletics jobs, I reached, um, I talked to the people at Virginia tech I was working with. And I still remember, I don't know why to this day, but, um, and if you want to work in collegiate athletics, hint, hint, this might help. But one of the questions they always asked was, um, kind of like, Oh, what promotions would you want to do? Or like, would you see an acting like while you're here? And I was just oh like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, how would you answer <laughs> I was so, I would get so bombed that question. (laughs) Um, But like, if I hadn't talked to her, like I never would have known that they would ask that. Like they never would have crossed my mind. It probably should have, but it never would have crossed my mind to like have that type of thing prepared. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're already, you already have the job. Like, what would you do while you were here? Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely, again, like utilize your resources, focus not only on what you're going to say, but how you're going to say it. Um, and say it over and over again. So you get that kind of muscle memory. I mean, it's almost like you're giving a presentation. Um, So, I mean, anything you can do to kind of make you feel more relaxed in the moment. And one thing I will say that I had to realize, also practice how to answer when you don't know the question or you don't know the answer, because being able to articulate that you don't know, but you know where to find the answer is much better than giving them a BS answer. Because again, they asked you for a reason, so they know the answer. So if you try to like walk around it or make up something, they're going to know what's happening and they're going to know that's wrong. So also practice how to say, you know, I'm not really sure at this time, but definitely we'll look that up and then I'll get that answer to you once this interview is over. Or one thing that I try to do if I don't know the answer, because I've actually had that happen where they asked me for something specific and I didn't know, and I included my answer in my thank you email. So just trying to figure out ways that you can kind of circle back on that or because it might happen again, you're human or, you know, you don't actually work for the company. So you might not even have access to that information specifically if they do get into the details of it. Um, so just practice saying how you'll find the answer. But at that moment, you don't know. Or kind of to build off of that, if you just need to buy yourself more time that, you know, you know, the answer, but it's not coming to you. I mean, kind of maybe have phrases where, oh, that's a really great question, you know, what do I think my, you know, three greatest strengths are? Like repeat the question, maybe back to them to clarify, you know, that that's the question or kind of come up with these short little sentences or phrases that you can, you know, seem natural, but you're saying it to give yourself time to be like, oh, what am I going to say? One thing I do, if it's a phone interview, um, which sometimes is actually true, sometimes it's not, but I'd be like, I'm sorry, you were breaking up a little bit. Do you mind repeating that question? That's why I said some Kelly's shaking her head, but sometimes it is breaking up and I didn't hear the question, but sometimes I do need a little more time because I'm just like, oh, y'all hit me with the hard hitter. <laughs> I need some more time. And I mean, so, I think also on the other side, it's not bad to like take a couple seconds. I mean, it kind of hurts you when you're on a phone interview because they can't see you. So it's just silence for them. But I mean, it never hurts to take like a few seconds to think through an answer and if they're, you know, they're like, well, do you, um, like, do you have an answer? And they're like, yeah, I just need a couple seconds to think it over mm-hmm. um, between this and this. But yeah, this is my answer. Um, 
So, I mean, definitely if you need those extra few seconds, I think silence is worth it. If you can mm -hmm. formulate a better answer than what you were going to give, if you were just like, boom, talking right after they answered the question. Yeah. And I've had to do that as well, where I'm just like, huh, that's actually a really good question. I've never gotten that before. Um, one second while I like formulate my thoughts and then I'll give my answer. So that's a really good point. So moving on to one thing that we actually get asked about a lot is how to dress. Any answer to that question is dress appropriately. So, <laughs> what, <laughs> so what exactly does that mean? That means plan the perfect interview outfit. So feeling good about yourself will obviously boost your confidence and confidence is key to crushing the interview and landing that dream job. Know what you look good in, know what makes you happy, know what um, gets you excited. Colors matter. Someone had to tell me that I actually have an interview coach, not for jobs, which I should probably look into getting one for career, but I actually have one for my pageantry. And my coach said that when I wear white, I actually seem a little more monotoned and my voice um, doesn't really fluctuate, which is crazy because I didn't even know I could be monotoned. So hearing that I was like, interesting. But whereas when I did another mock interview and I was wearing red, she said that I was very bubbly. Um, I had a lot of energy. And so just hearing that kind of feedback and hearing um, how the colors play into your energy and your emotions, that was really interesting to me. I, I believe it. I mean, I've never heard that. Like when you were first saying it, I was like, that's crazy. But then I yeah. think about it, like most of the time when I have interviews, I always like tend to wear the color green because I just love my favorite color and I'm like, I just love green. I know it matches my eyes. So I'm like, mm, I know my eyes are popping. <laughs> So like, you know, going back to what you said, like, if you feel good, like, it does so much for your confidence where, you know, you can't always predict what's going to come out of your mouth during the interview. But you know, mm -hmm. at least you can look good saying it. Yeah. And you can look bomb. And that's what they're gonna remember. They're gonna be like, you remember the girl that had on the green blazer? Because that's what I wear. That's my, like my lucky. That's my lucky blazer. Because I feel like people don't really wear green blazers. So that's always my go to. I know it's it's on my list to purchase. I haven't gotten one yet though. I'm actually shocked. I have like a red blazer, a blue blazer, black, like your generics, but I don't have a y'all get a popping blazer. Get one that nobody got. I'm telling you, it'll help you stand out. Pop, pop, pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, hopefully this goes without saying, but do make sure that your outfit is cleaned. Um, no stains, please. It is, you know, you may not think that they'll notice, but you know, it could be that one person that, you know, has attention to detail. Mm -hmm. You don't like stains. Um, if you have, you know, the money, I wouldn't say I've ever done this. Um, you can get it pressed or tailored as well. I mean, I think like iron it out, at least make sure you're not looking wrinkled. Mm -hmm. um, I can't say I've gotten an outfit tailored for an interview. I think the only time I've ever gotten something tailored was for prom. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, I mean, like, you know, just go the extra mile to look good. Cause I think it is really can come down to those little things, whether it's, you know, shining your shoes, um, you know, make sure you're cutting off any loose hems or strings, make sure there's no lint fuzz, you know, maybe even getting your nails done. I know some girls get confidence from that. I bite my nails too much to do that, but I mean, any little thing like that, you may not think that someone will notice, but they could. Yeah. And then also don't be afraid to ask if you're unsure of what to wear. Reach out to the HR contact, ask them what could be expected if they haven't told you already. And then if you have connections within the company, make sure you ask them as well. 
Yeah. And I mean, as I know, I think Hollis has said this, I think we've said this before in another episode, but I would much rather be overdressed than underdressed. Than underdressed. Yes, ma'am. Because I know, I know there are companies depending on the kind of like organization or the industry you're going into that have a more relaxed kind of casual look. I mean, I still remember an interview where I was like dressed business professional and the people in the interview were in t-shirts. Yeah. I've had that too. Didn't get this memo. Cool. Um, I mean, like sandals. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it would have looked, it would have been a lot different, you know, if I showed up in a t-shirt and they were all business professional. So mm-hmm. yeah, you I do mean, those things once you get the job. Yeah. Dress to impress when you're mm-hmm. trying to get through the door. Yeah. After that, you know, and we're still on the Zoom life. Got your sweats on. All you got to do is look good. What? Business on the top, party at the bottom, like a mullet. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. I think think mullet's more like, uh, what is it? Business in the front, party in the back. (laughs) I know. That's why I said business at the top, party at the bottom. All right. That works. I'll give it to you. It's a body mullet. It's a a body mullet. Yeah. All right. If you don't take anything else from this episode, make sure you got your body mullet ready. Boom, bam. (laughs) for once you've gotten the job (laughs) (laughs) all right and so we are gonna wrap this up so the last thing that we really wanted to touch on is how to prepare accordingly so make sure you're printing out a lot of copies of your resume I say a lot because normally I print out about 10 just to make sure I have one for everyone if they didn't have that already prepare a reference list so whether you think you'll be asked for it or not Make sure each reference has been notified and you have their um, information included. So a name, title, organization, department, phone number, email, whatever their preferred um, form of contact is, making sure you have all that information ready. Yeah. And I don't think it can even hurt sometimes with your references to kind of describe the relationship that you have with that individual. Mm -hmm. Um, If they haven't specified like, oh, only put supervisors or only coworkers. Um, Because I mean, that relationship does impact um kind of I mean it's different your supervisors their recommendation is going to have different weight weight all right okay words are hard Mm -hmm. they are (laughs) we're in this we're in this all right (laughs) a recommendation from your supervisor is going to have different weight than from a coworker. Mm mm-hmm This is true. And then so some other things, make sure you prep your purse, backpack, or briefcase beforehand. So whatever bag you carry, make sure it's large enough to hold all of your essentials, your interview must, so the extra resumes, a notepad, and pen. Make sure y'all got that. Like, that is very important. Um, And anything else that you might need. And then also, make sure you have a cheat sheet. This is something that was really important for me. So that way I know how to hit all the points. Because if you're looking just at your resume, um, for me, my resume has a lot of information on it. So making sure I have a cheat sheet that actually highlights all of the key things that I definitely know I want to mention. And if I mention anything else, that's cool. But knowing all the um, kind of high impact or high important things that I really want to mention. Yeah. And I mean, you can use that on a phone interview because obviously they can't see you. Um, you can finesse it on a video. Uh, Sometimes I write it in my notebook. Like when you're taking notes there, I have. Oh, you do? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. okay. I got yeah. you. I got you. <laughs> finesse it. 
Hollis is, uh, is the queen at it. I'll yeah. I, at this point, I think I'm pretty good at, well, I was going to say I'm pretty, no, actually I'm not about to doubt myself because I was going to say, I think I'm pretty good at interviews, but I was like, well, you still don't have a job, but that's not, that has nothing to do with my interview skills. Y'all know this pandemic and working in sports is real competitive right now. So yeah, I'm a bomb mm-hmm. interviewer. I've even been told that by hiring managers. So actually I know I'm pretty, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> thank you for coming yeah <laughs> all this is pep talk for herself that's exactly what my pep talks are <laughs> um and then one other thing for your interviews um especially on a phone interview or even zoom just confirm who's responsible for calling who or reaching out to who mm-hmm. um because I know that could be you know, seem self-explanatory. I feel like a lot of stuff seems self-explanatory, but it can get lost maybe in the email exchange where you're just like, oh yeah, I look forward to talking to you then. You're like, oh wait, who's calling who? Um, Mm So definitely always make sure to do that. Um, And then for video interviews, check your lighting. Um, Make sure your computer or internet is working. Um, Because I know sometimes my computer will just glitch out, um, which I can't really control. But, you know, just try and do anything you can beforehand to make sure, you know, you look good. I did an inter- a, vid- a video interview here at my desk and like it's right near my window and the sun decided to show up in the middle of the interview. So I got the shadow of the blinds like all over my face for the latter half of the interview. And I didn't notice this cause I wasn't like looking at my video. I was looking obviously at the people I was talking to until the end, like after the interview is over and then, you know, your screen like becomes the main one. And then I just looked at myself and I was like, like I was just like, although it wasn't as bad and we can talk about this another time, but I didn't have a ladybug in my hair for a duration of an interview one time. And then they didn't tell me until the end. Oh my gosh. That's like the fly in the VP debate when that was like trending everywhere. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a ladybug than a fly, but <laughs> But it was so, it was so funny because they were like, um, before you go, I was like, yeah. And they're like, um, you have a, you have a ladybug in your hair. And <laughs> the lady came over and like literally just, because, you know, I can't see it. So she literally just came over and like grabbed the ladybug out of my hair. And I was like, all right, all right. Not going to think about that, you know, for the next like five days. Um, oh gosh, that's but, funny. Yeah. Well, and then the last thing that we have, probably the most important to me is get some sleep. You are your best when you are well rested and prepared and your brain is able to actually, you know, formulate your thoughts. So make sure that you get lots of rest. You're well prepared, well fed. um, And honestly, I feel like that'll help you have a better interview overall. Yeah. Um, And then the last tip I would just say is if you are like driving somewhere for an interview, um, confirm where you're going. That's really important. (laughs) Uh, and then if you can, if you have the time, like drive there beforehand, because if it's like in a city and you don't know the parking situation, or you don't know traffic will be like, um, try and uh, figure that out beforehand so you aren't late. And so you don't waste that well rested night of sleep that you got and you look bomb, but then you show up late. Yeah, that is definitely a thing. I did that with ESPN and that was a two hour drive, but I was like, I, I felt like you know, it's ESPN. Like I am not going to let me being lost because I will get lost be the reason that I'm late (laughs) or something crazy happens. But I was like, I need to know where I'm going 
before my first day so that way I have no excuses yeah but it was your first day though it wasn't for the interview that's true I realized that as I was talking I was like you the interview was through a call but it's important (laughs) as well make sure you know where you're going so that way you can be on time Being on time is something that's so easily like in your control Mm -hmm. Um, and it can like some people if you're late you're done yeah what's the saying if you're on early you're on time if you're on time you're late and if you're late just go home don't even come (laughs) I had had a professor who like if you showed up late to class he was like go home oh that's rude all right well we I hope you enjoyed all of the tips that we had. We had a lot for you guys. This was one of our longer episodes, but we felt like all of it was important because again, we're making a mistake so you don't have to. So we wanted to share our experience on top of the tips so that way you guys can get jobs. That's why we're all here at the end of the day is to help everyone be better prepared for their interview, resume, whatever it may be. So hopefully you listen and you were able to get something that you can apply and we are going to wrap it up. I'm going to pass it over to Kelly to give us the word of wisdom for the day because it's bomb. So go ahead, Kels. Wow, with that build up. <laughs> Let me take a moment. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw a picture of this quote that was actually written on a sidewalk in chalk, which I always just love those things where you're just kind of walking and they just happen to be there and just pop up randomly. Um, but I resonated with this and I think with it being the end of the year, we all probably can relate a little to this. So here's the quote. I thought 2020 would be the year I got everything I wanted. Now I know 2020 is the year I appreciate everything I have. Mm. and I think I mean everyone out there you know we on some level have experienced loss this year whether it's losing your job maybe losing a sense of security losing a loved one you know a friend family member we've all lost something Um, but I think it's in those moments where you do to be able to push forward you do have to recognize what you still have Um, and I mean I've lost more this year than I probably have in the past. And I think it's helped me come closer to recognize like how much my family is there for me, how much my friends are there for me and just the opportunities. I mean, I have here in this country. Yes, I don't have a job. Well, I have a job, but I mean, it's not the industry that I want to work in, but I have people at my job now who care about me, who want to see me succeed. So I have a lot going for me, even though this has been one of the toughest years of my life. And I think it really can only go up from here. And I mean, that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> um, I think it's important to remember that, you know, not everything is going to change once, you know, 2021 hits. Um, we're still going to be in a pandemic. I mean, we're still going to be feeling the loss of everything we experienced here in 2020. But I want you to also just look for that positive and remember that you are not alone. Um, you have at the bare minimum, you have Hollis, you have myself, <laughs> we are here for you. Um, I say, I can't speak for your life. You know, maybe you have a dog, maybe you have, you know, a great job. Maybe you were one of the lucky few who didn't lose their job, you know, last year. Um, so just look for what you do have. Cause it's really gonna, I think, help you get through the rest of 2020 and help you start off 2021 in a better place. <laughs> Not on the bare minimum, like dang Kelly. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to assume your life, all right? 
<laughs> I was like, dang, the bare minimum you have, Hollis. Well, thanks. <laughs> but no. Um, yeah, you got Hollis. I don't know about me. Maybe. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I really resonated with that quote because 2020, um, I know we've mentioned all the time about how we lost our jobs in May. And then that was incredibly hard because, you know, for me, finding my little wave within the sports industry, I finally thought I had some form of security and I thought I was making way, I was breaking in. And then it kind of all just went away. So being able to regroup and then not even with that, just my self-esteem. Kelly knows I'm very positive. I try to be upbeat, but this has been really hard of balancing that optimism and knowing that it's going to come through, but then also really feeling it because I'm also one where I'm sad. I need to feel it. So that way I need to feel it, get it out of my system and then know that, you know, it's going to be better rather than just pushing it off and being able to linger in my sadness, if that makes sense. And so 2020 has brought a lot of downs, but it's also brought a lot of ups as well, because I think I've been able to really learn myself more, especially being home 24-7 and not being able to go anywhere. And so being able to build a deeper connection within myself, what I want out of my life, what I don't want out of my life, what I want to move forward, and just being able to understand. um, Yeah, I don't even know how else to really say it, but just have a better, deeper understanding of myself, which will ultimately progress my career, hopefully, and all of the goals that I have. So I really enjoyed that quote and knowing that I'm very thankful. It's also crazy that we're doing this after Thanksgiving. So it's just like, I really appreciate this year and being able to look back and look at all the positive things that have come out of it as well. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of like you were saying it's, and I know it's quote, you know, no 2020 is a year. I appreciate everything I have. I think it also will just teach me like once I do get back into sports, like, I will be just so grateful for it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it'll taste even sweeter than it ever has before. Mm-hmm. And I won't take it for granted. I think that's the thing this year the most is a lot of us realize things we do take for granted, whether it's, you know, go- I mean, the first few weeks of the grocery or the grocery store of the pandemic, <laughs> like going to groceries or just be able to like go outside without worrying about you know, like, am I going to get sick? Am I, you know, going to have COVID? If you do test positive, like worrying about, you know, maybe giving it to your family member or loved ones. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many things that I think people before the, this past year didn't have to think about that now we do. And and that's scary. Then, yeah. 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 But. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and We hope to see you. I say that every time, like we'll see you next week, I guess because that's the normal thing, but we hope you tune in next week and hopefully um, wrap up the year with us. We have season three coming up in January. And so wrapping up this season and hopefully you guys have been able to take a lot of the tips that we've been sharing and apply it to yourself. So that's all I have. Yes. And one of the things from 2020 that I have learned to appreciate is all of you, our listeners. Yes. Um, hearing from you guys, hearing your stories, just, you know, being able to kind of get positive feedback from you guys, knowing that maybe in some small way we're helping you um, is really why Hollis and I are here. Mm-hmm. So. Honestly, it keeps me going. Like I, if I didn't have outnumbered, I don't know what I would do. I'd probably lose my mind. So 
Yeah. I'm like, you know, my yeah. life not be might not be together, but I got that person. They yeah. liked my tip. Woohoo. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Kudos to that. Like a million exclamation marks after that. I completely agree. Yeah, so yeah, so. thank you guys. Thank you. <laughs> I wasn't saying thank you to Hollis. I was saying thank you to you guys. Yes, I'm sure they knew. All right. Well, bye, guys. Bye.